Growth Malaysia collaboration aims to help 100,000 restaurants grow digitally by 2020. Launched by Faith in collaboration with partners including Grab, Maybank, Funding Societies, MDEC, and Productivity Nexus for retail and FMB, Growth Malaysia aims to help offline entrepreneurs in Malaysia to go digital from payments, marketing, data, and financial services. In this episode, Growth Malaysia proudly presents the latest edition of the Growth Malaysia series, Restaurant of the Future, staying ahead of food, customer service, and trends. In partnership with Unilever Food Solution (UFS) and Home Noodle, this episode features a diverse panel of Chef Hazrin Muhammad Din, Senior Sauce Chef of UFS, Moon Chong, Director of Home Noodle, and Kwan Yew, Head of Product in Faith. Ladies and gentlemen, can I have your attention, please? Awesome. Now, thank you all for making taking time off your busy schedule to come for this amazing event. So, for most of you here, have you guys heard of Growth Malaysia? How many of you have heard of them? Can you put up your hands? No one. All right. So, Growth Malaysia is an amazing collaboration led by Fave, together with Maybank, MDAC, and a few other partners, with the goal of bringing a hundred thousand restaurants from offline. To online, and the Growth Malaysia series is a set of events specially curated for F&B owners, where we identify the pain points faced by these restaurants, and we cultivate a series where viewers and attendees can actually understand how to solve these problems. Now, today is the third Growth Malaysia series, titled "Restaurant of the Future: Staying Ahead of Customer and Service Trends," and we have a distinguished panel that are here to join us, starting with Chef Hazrin. From Unilever Food Solutions. Now, Chef Hazrin, he's actually worked in the Shangri-La and the Western, and he's served as a personal chef, guests such as Vladimir Putin. So he's been through tremendous amount of stress to put out good food. And second, we have none other than the head of product from Fave, Kwan Yu. And we saved the best for last. We have Man Chun, who's director of Home Noodle. So are food trends just hype, or, or is it an opportunity to leverage on? I believe it is uh, the food trend is an opportunity to the food operators, where it mainly derived by them to create something excitement, and when the diners come in and have your food, they will uh, immediately post it on the Facebook and Instagram, make it hype, and yeah, something interest that you offer to the diners, it will make it trends instead of the food must be good taste, nice presentation, and a good price. Yeah, thank you, Kwan Yu. Would you like to add to that? What are your thoughts on food trends? Yeah. Um, firstly, I, I think I'm not a, a chef here, right? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm I'm a technology person. So uh, to me, I think it's both um, hype as well as opportunity, right? So as you can see, uh, I think there's there's quite a craze here when we talk about, for example, bubble tea, right? So it's a definite hype, right? You go to SS15, everybody is parking there, jamming there, willing to queue. Why, right? So it's definitely hype. So I think many businesses are, are tapping into this opportunity, right,、uh, for their business to grow, right.、Uh, also bringing in、uh, new business opportunities that haven't existed、uh, in in this part of of the world yet, right? Yeah. So for me, it's it's both. Now,、uh, Manchun, you know, so you've been running Home Noodle. It's a fast-growing noodle shop. If you guys haven't been, please do check it out. They have three outlets in KL. And could you probably describe on how the importance of you know communication and culture when In running a, a successful restaurant, I think okay.、Um, in terms of communication, I would say in these two angles, it's actually internal and external. What I realize is that sometimes when we are so excited to actually share our story with external parties, the internal part actually 
sort of like being missed out. Meaning to say, your crew might not be with you in, in that sense. So in, in terms of communication, yes, you have all the ideas up here. But if you don't communicate in any event, no one would actually get it. So for me, how I would actually share my thoughts to my crew is actually I would always encourage them to sort of like see what I do things. Uh, and I try to be as consistent as possible. Meaning to say, I don't want to, let's say, facing the crew, having one face and then to the customer and other side. So I try to be very consistent in terms of understanding the story. So product knowledge is actually very important. We actually emphasize quite a bit of time to actually let people know, educate in terms of, uh, sorry, this is educating uh, my internal crew first. Uh, in terms of the knowledge and also the story behind it and after that telling the same story to customer. You know, I always joke sometimes customer might find me too naggy because when I just comment like one sentence, right? I would probably give a whole paragraph of reply. Um, reason being is not just... Can you give an example? Well, if you go to my faith review, right? You will see that whenever customer just give me a one-liner, my paragraph is actually that long to actually give a reply. My answer is always this. This is not just apologizing because you can never stop apologizing to the whole world because sometimes it's not your fault anyway. It's just the lack of understanding. So my role when I face external parties is always to educate customers. Sorry, I mean, it's a stronger word, but I, I like to use that word because sometimes I'm not blaming the customer, but they don't understand why we are doing certain things. So that process allows me to actually tell the customer where we are coming from and to hope that they see where we are coming from. Whether you agree with it or not, frankly, I don't really care. Because you are just one customer out of my, you know, thousands. But at least I send a message across. If someone else who incidentally or, you know, stumbled upon that message, she will know that, hey, this is how this guy is actually looking at it. And I don't need people to agree because, you know, I, I would say that I have more data point because I'm one person facing more people than that person facing just me. So I'm actually using this process to communicate uh, with the external parties so that they actually see where we are coming from, whether you agree with it or not, it doesn't matter because this is just uh, knowledge. Yeah. So what about internally, you know, when yeah. it talks about, you know, when you have certain values that Home Noodle represent and, and, and what are some of your challenges when, when scaling your business? How are you able to effectively scale these type of values across your different chains and ensure that your restaurant is able to consistently produce a certain standard of food? I think at the end of the day, it's about how consistent your message is. Because as long as I'm being consistent in my external message, when people from internal see the way I answer, they will know that this is the consistent answer. And not answering one when I see customer A and answering the other when seeing customer B. So I would say that it's really just selling your personality, not just to your customers and also to your crew as well. Because when they work for you, in a way it's like, you know, it's really um, a commitment to some extent. So since they already have that, it is actually not difficult just to do it one step further to actually see where they are coming from. So that would also include, include uh, doing the occasional, uh, like for example, if I replied something already, I'll show them, so, look, this is how I actually replied. Maybe you guys can actually take the note, take, take, take the note uh, down. Not replying the same way that I did, but understanding the points involved. Because if you expect them to just parrot the whole thing, then it defeat the purpose because you don't allow people to think. Whereas if you give them the key points saying that, however delivery is really up to you in however, whatever language, Main thing is to actually get the key points so that you can actually, so that they can be a, a little bit more creative rather than, you know, parroting and, you know, yes. th that is what I realized because a lot of places, when they give a generic reply, people don't even read it. It's like, for example, you, let's say, send an email to X company. That company will just give you a very generic response. Thank you for contacting me. So, you know, it defeats the purpose of There's communication. There's no human response. Yeah, so, so for, for my end, I said, these are the points. 
try and understand the points, whether you can use it or not, it's really up to you. So that's how I actually look at, you know, uh, internal side. So moving on from, you know, having a consistent culture and communication across your team to uh, technology adoption, you know, which some people consider, you know, adopting technology might, you know, you might lose that human-like interaction. So from your perspective, what are, what are some of the key areas which, you know, restaurants can actually adopt these technologies to have a, a serve a better customer experience? Yeah, so I, I, I'll start off with what, uh, what we are doing, right? So with Growth Malaysia, actually we are trying to uh, accelerate everybody's, uh, everybody here meaning businesses, right? All businesses grow towards digitalization, right? So I think in, the, in this day and age, it's inevitable. You can't say that uh, I want to run a business, but I do not want to adapt uh, technology, right? So I, I, I think that part is, is it comes together, right? So while doing that, um, we have helped a lot of businesses uh, in growing, right? So I think there are many areas that we are helping. So uh, first off is actually, uh, as a business, you want to accept uh, payments, right? Accept payments from your customers, right? So that's where we have FavePay, right? So uh, FavePay allows you to, to, to accept uh, mobile payments from any of these customers who has a Fave app today, right? So that's first part. Then uh, second part that we talk about is actually loyalty and marketing. Because as a business, you would want as an F&B business even, right? You want more and more customers coming, whether they are new customers or whether they are existing customers, right? So that's where actually like Manchun, Home Nuller is actually giving cash back to customers, right? So what, how this cash back works is that with uh, Faith Pay, um, every time you, you pay, let's say for example, for uh, 20 ringgit, right? Uh, then you get a, let's say for example, he's giving a like 5%, then you get a, a 10 ringgit, right? Sorry, sorry, you get a 1 ringgit, right? So then subsequently, when you return to this same shop, you will be able to enjoy this one ringgit. So with that, it is actually a customer retention program, right? So you, you, you ensure that your customers will come back. And data has shown, right, uh, within Faith, that for F&B business specifically, we are able to retain up to 40%, right? Just for F&B in Malaysia, right? So with that, out of 10 of your customers, four of them will actually come back. And how many times will they come back? Four times, five times, right? So... As businesses, I think many of, many of you here will also ask, hey, you know, you're telling me invest a 5% cashback. Proven to work, therefore, again, right, Home Noodle is, is using it, right? So uh, today, for FNB Malaysia, with a ringgit that you are investing in, we can generate a 7 ringgit for you, right? So just now in my example, in your subsequent visit, there's a ringgit there for you to spend as a cashback, right? But you won't just go there and spend 1 ringgit, 2 ringgit, right? So... Yeah, so we are able to generate seven ringgit for every ringgit that you are investing in, right? So that's loyalty and, and marketing, right? So I think uh, third part is operations, right? So uh, operationally, right now as well, I, I think we have uh, just recently launched our, our table ordering feature. So again, Manchun, you know, he's always our, our, our very uh, good supporter, right? So uh, uh, his shop is also using our table ordering feature now, whereby, you know, today, if let's say you want to order your food, you, go, you walk into any F&B restaurants, you got to wave your hand, you know, get the menu, uh, place the order, right? And, and then there are so many steps. So what we, do, what we did there is that, uh, you know, we, we allow you to place your own order, right? We have a faith QR code there. You can view the menu by scanning, right? You place your, uh, you place your order, you complete your payment, right? So once you're finished eating, you can just walk right out, right? You don't need to go and queue and whatnot by wasting time. So for that efficiency, you, you can, you, you're already cutting down 60%, right? So you are, you, are, you, are, you are more efficient in that sense, right? So that's just one of the, the uh, features that we have launched. I'll share more later as well, what we are doing uh, for F&B businesses, right? And yeah, so data points as well, right? 
So uh, we, we, we have this uh, report, right? Which is called uh, Faith Beast Insights. So how many of you here know that your businesses are, 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 are your, your, your customers actually, are they male, are they female? What time is your peak hours, right? Uh, what, what day is, is uh, what day, which day within a week is your peak day, right? And, and, and how, how, what's, what's the trend of, of your, your business, right? So we are able to generate all this uh, information and share with you so that you will know better about your customers. You also know better about your own business. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just stop there first. Yeah, I'll, I'll share more later as well. The last element, actually, I mean, I would like Chef Hazrin to sort of address is inventory management, you know. So this has been a, a big issue facing most of the F&B outlets, you know, managing the supply and, and demand. And, you know, from a chef's perspective, how do you address that challenge? Actually, there are many ways uh, to, to maintain of this because you need to make it more creative. The chef actually may, plays a main important role where they need to create a dish, a great dish, and a good presentation with a good price, and then people will, will come again and again. At the back of the house as well, actually play a bit important because uh, they need to, to manage efficiently of the kitchen. Okay, Saying that by the efficient is uh, you need to create uh, an employee manual. So the chef need to set uh, SOP for the chef, uh, for the staff to follow the standard operating procedures. So this will make the kitchen efficient uh, when they come out a new dishes or every dishes every day and every every time. So how how does it actually help like in terms of food wastage by efficiently like just to give give an to idea to maintain the food wastage. Uh, you need to have a first in first out system. You need to have a good inventory where you don't don't order too much while the thing is still in stock. So this is a play very very more important because the cost will be higher if you don't control of this wastage. In terms of the, uh, the dishes, you need to make it um, balanced food. Don't make it uh, too much of uh, meat where people don't eat so much because now currently food trend is eating uh, meat less and more vegetables. Yeah. And from a technology perspective, I mean, is, 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 there, you know, is that in the pipeline to sort of address uh, inventory management through uh, technology? Yeah, so uh, uh, again, I'll share on our table ordering feature, right? So uh, basically, what we, do, what, what, what we are doing is we are converting this uh, uh, physical menu of yours into a digital f format, right? So you can view your menu within our app, right? So what happens is with this, you can actually start uh, your, your inventory check. So, you know, you, you will be able to know what customers are placing order for, right? Is it a, a mee goreng? Is it a, a, a laksa, right? Or, or is it a teh tare? Or is it a bali ice or whatnot, right? So based on this, this is also a food trend, right? So you, you will know what, what customers are there to, 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 to eat, right? And uh, what kind of drinks do they like? Right? And, and what kind of notes are they putting in? Let's say, for example, oh, less sweet. Right? So from this, you will be able to gauge better. Subsequently, you know, when, when, you, when you want to uh, take in uh, new stocks and, and, and whatnot, right? so that will give, uh, give you a better uh, 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 judgment right? as to, oh, I should place more uh, vegetable, like you said. Right? Now, now, now it's less meat trend. Right? So maybe, uh, yeah, it's, it's steady. Right? Customers are placing less meat order now. Right? They're placing a lot more protein maybe. Right? So maybe that's what you want to place. Yeah. So with uh, table ordering, right, you, you, you will be able to generate a lot more data, which we could potentially share with all of you, right? I mean, this is something that I've been quite curious about. You know, it's oftentimes when we want to go to a restaurant, we're stuck in traffic, and then by the time we get there, we're, we're starving, and we're going to order food and, and wait. Is, is, is there anything in the pipeline where, you know, while I'm in traffic, I can actually order and pay for my food 
have to eat it while I when I arrive at the restaurant. Yeah. Okay. So today, uh, table ordering is is the use case is that you walk into a restaurant, right? So then, uh, let's say for example, uh, home noodle, right? So then you will see that oh, uh, they support order with faith, and then you see our QR code there. You can place order right there, right? But what we are also working in progress right now is that uh, something will come up whereby you will be able to um do a takeaway, right? So. Uh, right now in office or, or in a jam, right? Uh, on the way to office, you know, uh, now it's lunchtime, but you don't go out because it's crowded. So what you can basically do is, uh, you know, just launch our Faith app, right? Uh, let's say, for example, I want to search for home noodle, right? You can already search, place whatever order that you want. It will tell you, so similar as your, as your grab food, right? It will, it will tell you, like, oh, it will be ready in 30 minutes, for example, right? And then five minutes before you, you, uh, you will get a prompt, say, okay, you know, uh, your, your food is almost ready. You may want to uh, start walking over now, right? So this is not ready uh, just yet, but uh, it's, it's something that we are working on right now. So I think there are various things that we are, we are working on uh, for F&B. Why? It's because F&B is a big piece of face uh, business, right? So like 50-60% of our, our merchant outlets today are all F&B, right? So yeah, this is, is, is one of the few things that we are, we are uh, uh, improving from time to time to, to help more businesses. It's really exciting to hear. And uh, so Manchun, back to you. So I mean, you've sort of scaled to three restaurants now. And uh, could you probably, you know, give some advice to some of the, you know, budding F&B owners here that are looking to scale? And what would you, you know, what advice would you partake to them? I, th um, I'm, I, I would try to be as general as possible because, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I can't speak for everyone, right? And um, first of all, in order to scale, right, you, for me personally, I actually rely a lot on uh, having a partner system. Meaning to say, I actually get other people to actually join me to say that, hey, uh, why don't you work with me? Why don't you work with, uh, sorry, why don't you open one with me? So what I feel like I can actually value at is really the top-down approach in terms of understanding what customer wants. And how do I actually get that data or the insights as in what customer wants is, is, is purely just based on observation. This is where I want to touch a little bit just now where, you know, when you guys actually mentioned technology-driven. Technology is only useful up to a certain extent. Uh, it all depends on how you, how, you, how you use it. So for me, I'm, I would use both. I would actually use my own observation and also the technology or the data to actually support my observation. So um, observation means you collect as many data points as possible from your perspective, and then you, you use the data that collected to actually complement it. So maybe this is just me. You know, even before Faith, uh, you know, when I'm before before I came on board, I really roughly know my customer demographics, roughly know how much they spend, roughly know what time they come, what they like, and things like that. I'm not saying that it is not insightful, but I'm just saying that it's nice to have that data to collaborate, uh, collaborate with your your thinking. Because if not, I would just be like shocks and diri, you know, like I think so, but it's not the truth. So this is what I actually use to actually do it. Uh, so in that sense, when I know what my customer wants, it's actually very easy for me to actually decide what my menu or my special menu would be for the next quarter or, the, or, or for next year. So I try to be as ahead as possible. But at the same time, when you are thinking already, you still need, let's say your brain is thinking, you still need your limbs, you know, your body to actually follow. So how do I actually complement from this part below the brain is actually getting, getting people to actually help me out. So uh, case in point is like I have one restaurant that, um, that is actually having just one partner, whereas I have one that has three and the other one that has four to five. 
So it really depends on your, your business model or how you want to actually scale it up. Because I actually don't believe in, I know everything. I used to do it that way, meaning to say, I feel like I'm the best, for example, the barista or the one who actually knows the taste best. No, I've, I've grown out of that. I actually got someone else to actually do that role so that I can do more of the thinking and the planning. And, and I feel like that is where my value at, you know, is. Uh, so that you know, I can actually bring everyone forward. Because when, when you are the leader, uh, it's very important that you lead rather than you follow. Follow can only work up to a certain point. For example, if you want to follow the trend, um, like for example, like bubble tea that you mentioned just now, uh, that is why I also have it. So that's only the following part of it. So we have to be different. So how do we be different when there are so many out there already? So this is something that your team has to think about uh, to actually create their USP. And I dare to say that anything that I launch it at a shop, that is actually more than one USP. The reason being is because I want to cover as many grounds as possible. And having people like, let's say, Faith to be on board is also a USP to some extent. For example, I have a unique code that gives customers more discount. That is already a USP in itself. So you don't need to be like super fancy or super chunky to say that you have the best something but you just have to stand out among, among you know, your competitors or the peers or whatever, envir whatever environment you are in. So that is why, you know, I would, to, to, to answer that question, this is how I would actually approach it. And that is the good side of things. Of course, you can also, you know, I will also share the not so good or the, you know, the challenges of scaling up too fast. Because as we all know, a lot of restaurants, they scale up way too fast and they couldn't maintain the quality. And after a while, you know, the whole thing just... Um, so at the end of the day, it's about you being a leader and how do you strike that balance between growth, quality, and obviously that every, and, and all those things will actually affect your, your bottom line. Awesome. Right. Thanks, MT. So just, just a follow-up question. So you mentioned one of the ways to scale is to find you know, partners that can actually help you in terms of opening up new restaurants. So you mentioned one of your outlets is five partners, one is two partners. So, I mean, that, that, does that add to the complexity of the agreement? What happens when you know, one partner is not carrying their weight and you know, it's a big, it's a big you know, huge commitment to get a partner on board. So what were some of the you know, tips and tricks that you can share with the audience today on, you know, in terms of you know, validating whether a partner is suitable or not? Actually, at the end of the day, we also have to balance between, uh, because partner means whether we like to admit it or not, we are utilizing people's capital as well. Uh, and when you are utilizing someone else's money, we have to have that responsibility in the sense that you have to deliver what you have promised. And uh, to me, is if on the onset, this is, these are the parameters already, I feel like when you are being transparent, people will actually understand it better. Uh, why I say so is because I had some experience where people were actually surprised that why they had to work so hard for the return. So, and they, they, they didn't realize the side of me that I actually like to run things myself. Uh, hence, they could not get used to that sort of culture. So to me, if, if I were to look back about how I conceptualized the whole thing about two years ago, two to three years ago, it's really about communication, which goes back to the same, the first question that you asked about how do you deal with your internal side? Because internally, this communication also includes your partners as well. Of course, I have also fought with my own partners as well. I would say maybe not fighting, but you know, in terms of argument or displeasure and all those things. So it's really about uh, understanding, put yourself out there as an open book because we are actually using other people's capital as well to actually, you know, to, to bring the company forward. So, and, and I have one partner who always give me one simple point to say that, is this good for business? If this is good for business, just go ahead. 
ignore emotions, ignore um, feelings and whatsoever. If this is good for business, just do it. So uh, because I, there, I had an incident where I actually almost had a partner who actually uh, runs also another restaurant nearby. And as before that, of course, during conceptualized period, you would think it is so nice that that guy is around so that we can actually write on his data. But on the other hand, after a while, then you think that, hey, no, he's so near. And if let's say this is only a small portion of what he has, maybe he's doing the same on me as well. So, you know what I'm trying to say? So it's really a lot of, um, I won't say horse trading, it's really just about what you want at the end of the day. So if you want money, there's no shame to actually take that capital and just expand. But of course, if you want to do more, bigger or, or different things, that is your own consideration in terms of how you want to scale it up. And our next question is for Kuan Yu. So I mean, another challenge that most uh, you know, F&B outlets face is, you know, okay, I've got my inventory in check. I've got my operations in check. I feel like I've done everything, right? But, you know, I'm not generating enough foot flow during, especially during off-peak hours. So, so what are some of the, you know, tips and tricks that you can share on how to address that problem? Yeah, so um, I think as any business, you will have your picks and non-picks, right? So maybe your picks are during your breakfast, your lunch, and your dinner, right? But uh, in between those times uh, are when your, your, your customers are actually working, right? Or they are shopping, right? And, and, and they are not eating, right? So I think that's the part where we actually have something called a dynamic cashback, right? So let's say, for example, uh, Manchun gives uh, a 5% cashback on regular hours, right? But during non-regular hours whereby, you know, probably one, two people will, will, will walk in, right? Because the, the rest of them are working. So what happens is that uh, with Faith, you can actually set a dynamic cashback during your non-peak hours. So let's say, for example, three o'clock till five o'clock, right? After lunch, not many customers, and you actually want to drive more sales, right? Because your you know, um, electricity is running, your staffs are working, right? So why not generate more sales, right? So what happens is that we are able to let you also set that uh, during the non-peak hours, maybe you give a 10%, maybe you give a 15%, right? So um, this has also uh, proven to work, whereby we are actually able to generate up to 17% uh, additional sales for, for businesses in F&B, right? So... Um, I think these are all good points because you know, rather than leaving it, you know, uh, your, your, your staff just chilling, not, not doing much, right? And, and, and you're just wasting electricity, right? So by giving a bit more, you will be able to generate more sales in return, right? So again, uh, how much you are investing and how much you are getting in return. Yeah, so this is one of the, the uh, capabilities of faith that we are offering to businesses out there. Awesome, thanks. Now, I'm just going to let everyone finish with one sentence, all right? Uh, what advice would you give to, you know, uh, the people that are planning to get into the F&B industry, you know, get their hands dirty, one sentence. For uh, owners of the F&B outlets, firstly, you need, to, you need to hire the right people for the kitchen so they can come out with creative, creative dishes um, and then just deliver whatever that you need to do, but do the right things. So then the, the things will be happen. For me, is um, I think businesses need to embrace technology, right? Um, technology is here to help. Technology is here to help you grow your business. It's, help, it's here to help you to, to do anything that you know, previously you couldn't do, right? So what happens is that, uh, firstly, you've got to start embracing technology, right? Um, I think that's when, um, that's when you will need to choose the right partner, right? So partner in this case, uh, for, for me, right? I, I'm, I'm saying faith here, right? Why, why faith, right? I think many businesses or, or many partners out there are, are there, to actually help themselves, 
right? If, if, if you realize. So I think what our mission here is to help you to grow. I think that's our utmost important uh, thing, right? So with your growth, I think faith is there to support the journey of your growth. I think uh, we, we can be there for you. So, um, you know, if let's say you need any support, you need any data, and, and uh, I think there are many areas that we are working into. Some, some, some areas that I have not been able to mention is uh, uh, we are also uh, helping bis businesses to grow in capital, right? So many times, you know, you walk into to, uh, banks, right? And you ask for, let's say, for example, you know, 20,000, just, just, a, just a, a small amount, right? 20,000 ringgit loan. And, you know, you just start a business for one year and they may ask you, can I have your three years financial statement? Then you'll be like, I don't have lah, right? And they're like, no, no, I need your three years financial statement in order to lend to you. And then you are stuck like, I want to grow, you know, but I don't have financial statements to prove to you that my business will work, right? So that's where uh, we also want to help businesses to grow in that area, whereby uh, if you're able to have uh, uh, faith pay with us or, or, or any other services whereby uh, we will have some data of yours, and we can see that your business is growing day on day, week on week, month on month, year on year, right? So with this, we are actually partnering with some of these uh, financial lenders out there, including Maybank, you know, Grab Financial Services, Funding Societies in Singapore with Mintrust. So whereby we are able to provide all these data points to them and they, will, they are willing to actually uh, uh, lend to you, right? So yeah, so I, I think in, in short, we are here to help. We are here to help you grow. Yeah, so yeah, that's all. I would still believe that it's actually serving, you know, with a heart. At the end of the day, since we are talking about FMP specifically, uh, we are technically feeding someone, obviously. So when you feed someone, my intention is always simple. It's actually the same um, uh, motto since uh, day one. It's really to let people have a hearty meal. Um, too many people or too many outlets are, are lacking of something. It's not that the food is not nice. I mean, no one would open an F&B outlet thinking that their food sucks, right? But why are there still so many failure? It's because they actually missed out to me the most important um, factor, which is actually the human touch, the heart factor. Meaning to say, you want to actually serve something where people really enjoy it and they can actually feel it. Not because it's tasty, but it's, it's actually an experience. Um, so, you know, so it's really about how do you provide a wholesome uh, meal to people? at an affordable price, okay? A lot of meals are very nice, but you can't have it every day. So I try to strike a balance between nice, uh, affordable, good service, tasty, healthy, and, and whatnot. So it's really about striking your own balance in terms of what you want uh, to serve your customers. And I dare to say this because, um, you know, uh, I, my data point can actually vary from a 50-seater restaurant to a 100 to a 160-70-seater restaurant. I know it's not the biggest out there, but at least I have that, that progression to actually show like how do I grow 50, 100 or whatever, you know. So, so in that sense, uh, you know, I believe that that formula works because even up until like the largest is actually the, the outlet here in the sphere, um, we are about 170 seater and, you know, customers still get it the way the 50 seater restaurant get it. So meaning to say, there are some things that I've done quite right you know, that until people get it, and hence I could even triple the size and not affecting any other factor. Meaning to say it doesn't, I haven't seen that, that, that curve uh, comes off. So, so I believe in that because we are feeding someone, you want to, you know, let people enjoy that. So it's really, you know, from the heart. That's amazing. Do like us on our Facebook, uh, Growth Malaysia, just search for Growth Malaysia. 
and uh, we'll be updating the next subsequent events on the page. Thank you. And that's all we have for this episode. Tune in for more podcasts only at EFM.live.